Welcome to the Word Up Podcast, where we discuss all things tech in Israel from the perspective of a technical writer. Doesn't sound interesting? Well, you can go ahead and leave. Just kidding. Stick around because I think I'm going to make a very compelling case why you should care about technical writing. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Word Up Podcast. Uh, we took a week off as uh, the summer, you know, vacation. So I hope everyone missed us and uh, we're happy to be back. So this is a really exciting episode. I recently was on the panel for Write the Docs uh, Israel, Write the Docs Tel Aviv a meetup that we had hosted by Wix, uh, where we had a very interesting topic. Um, again, since we're concentrated on Israel, I don't know if this is a discussion on the international writing scene, but locally there were some questions, what's the difference between Docs as code and Docs as product? Now, anyone that knows um, you know, anything about these two topics knows they're completely separate. One's not dependent on the other. Um, but it gave, uh, there were a couple of people who, who, uh, on the panel who practice Docs's code. That's how they, that's their CMS, the, their methodology for writing. And there are, were a couple of panels, myself included, that are, that have implemented or, or are implementing a Docs's product, uh, strategy. So I'd like, I'm going to get into this a little bit today. We're going to discuss specifically Docs's product. What is it? Um, is it good for you? Is it the right strategy for you? Uh, and how is it practiced? What are some pitfalls to avoid? And so a lot of questions to ask. Just as a as a basic like thing, just so you know, I'll use the words docs, content, product content, and for the, our purposes, they all mean the same thing. Um, if you if your content is just documentation, then the content is documentation. Sometimes you also have UX writers, technical documentation, videos, instructional design. There could be any number of things that fall within the product content family. So just know that what I'm talking about is content that's being created to help users use the product. That's what we're, uh, when I say docs or content, what, what, what I mean. So let's, um, let's start off with a very basic definition. What is docs's product? Um, so what I would start off by saying is defining what traditional technical documentation uh, is, right? So it is really a passive um, way of of approaching the product because generally and traditionally, a product feature is defined by a PM or a PO uh, and then they have the requirements and the definition of done and usually somewhere near the bottom of that line, I'm uh, sorry, the bottom of that list is a line for documentation. We need to document this. So that's a very, it's a rather passive way uh, to go to go about it. Um, so Docs's product is the exact opposite of that. Instead of being part of a definition of done for some feature, the documentation itself is the product. Okay, the documentation or content, it is the product. Now, this is a very difficult concept for some technical writers to understand because it's not the traditional way of doing things. It's really, it's really a sea change in 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 the uh, in the way we approach um, documentation. So um, we we did a little write up after the the um, the meetup the other day, and so how I defined it for this for this piece of uh, for this write up was that Docs's product is a it is a content strategy that positions documentarians as product managers and the Docs as the product. Content creation has a unique life cycle, independent of the SDLC, the software development life cycle. With Docs's product, documentation is not a bullet point on a feature's definition of done. Documentation is the feature with its own requirements and DODs. So the idea is that we, uh, 
instead of doing project management, which traditional technical documentation is, uh, you know, we have a feature, we have to document, feature, document. It's very, um, I would say it's more of a tactical approach to to uh, handling new product features or things like that. It's also, uh, uh, in, in my experience, and, and if this is not your experience, I apologize, it, it tends to be not holistic thinking in terms of um, user flows, right? We always try our best as documentarians to do that. But let's be honest, most of the time, what we're doing is project management for a certain feature or fixing bugs, something like that. Um, so really traditional documentation lacks strategy and it's, and, and, and it's a passive um, a pro- tactical approach uh, to, to documenting a feature. And it really becomes a dependency of the feature and not that the feature is a dependency of the documentation, which we'll get into. So that just kind of like lays the groundwork for what we're talking about. So how do we do this? Like what, what are, like how would you even, if you're not con- currently doing Docs's product, like where would you start? So we're going to start off with a couple of questions. Questions are the best place to start. Um, now, some of these questions come from, there's a great YouTube um, talk by a product manager. Uh, I have to find a few. I'll try to put it into the description um, for the episode where he goes over a lot of these questions. He himself is a product manager and he's discussing because he actually uh, handled the documentation as well, but he is a P, he's a PM and, and this is where, where it came from. So the, these questions are really going to lay the groundwork for understanding how we might implement this or to even determine if it's the right um, approach for you. So the first thing is, what is the role of your of your documentation? Let's start off with, is it meant for pre-sales or post-sales or only post-sales, right? So traditionally, we, we see ourselves as we're technical documentation, we're post-sales, we're post-sales only. Um, we're not worried about drawing new users in. Uh, if your documentation is public uh, and, and, and you might have... Um, you know, sales folks going to it and pointing to it because it might have some videos or might have good content. Well, then your documentation is pre-sales and it takes on a completely different um, role and purpose. So first of all, let's determine what is the, who's going to be viewing it and what is the goal of the documentation. Next, you have to think about what type of product you have. Um, some different types of things are end user products. Some are developer docs, like developer tool tool products that are mostly APIs or things with command line. Um, is your product on-prem? Is your product SaaS? Do you have multiple versions of your product? Or is there only a single version of, uh, I'm sorry, is there, a, is there only a single version of your documentation for the product? Or are there multiple versions of documentation to match multiple versions of the product? These are all really important because they're going to affect how you um, how you approach uh, Docs's product. So the examples that I give are, are going to be from a pure SaaS product because that's that's what I've worked on, um, where we only have a single version of the documentation and the product. So uh, and which is both end user and API. Okay, so we need to we need to uh, understand what goal the, the documentation is serving. Uh, what kind of product we're documenting because it's all going to come together in, in a strategy. Because again, Docs' product is strategic. It's not technical. It's not how we document. It's not um, the, the methodology, how we document. If it's, that, it's not that. This is a content strategy. Okay? So we need to approach it like that and ask a bunch of strategic questions. Now, since we're treating Docs' product, 
obviously, what's the, one of the most important things, one of the chief things that a product manager or product owner does on a daily basis? They get to know the users. They get to know users inside and out, customers, interviews, understanding them. And it's almost impossible, almost impossible to do, uh, to implement a Docs' product strategy if you don't have access to customers or extremely good data um, on on customers and actual usage of the product. I would I would actually go so far as to say it's impossible. Docs's product is concentrated on on creating user flows meant to be proactive as opposed to passive. What do I mean by that? Proactive documentation anticipates what the user is going to need to do. So it's less concerned with the tactical documentation of new features, the how to do this, how to do that. Of course, it includes that, right? But what we're talking about is when when a new feature, how many times have you gotten a new feature and you, you go to document and then you look to the doc, documentation tree, you're like, I have no idea where this goes. I have no idea where this goes. It just So you fit it in somewhere and then you have some miscellaneous category or you throw things where you just say, why would, why would it be here? Um, I'll be honest, to me, this has happened a lot because I never, I didn't, uh, in the beginning of my career, did not take a strategic approach to documentation. So when you start to think in turn, like, like a product manager and the docs is your product, then your docs are coming to solve a, a solve a problem or make life easier for a user, just like a product manager does for the product. They don't just create random uh, features and throw it out there. Limited resources, they focus on what is going to bring... Um, you know, a lot of benefit for the least amount of effort to customers. Okay. That's what PMs do. And we now have to position ourselves and think like a PM. How are my docs going to make the lives of our, my users easier? Okay. We need to start off with the, with, with questioning, um, not, 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 structural questions, right? Okay. So let me, let me get into this a little bit. You have functional versus structural requirements. Okay. Structural is something like, here's an API. It needs a reference. It needs a developer guide, a troubleshooting, frequently asked questions, and these types of things. These are all structural. Okay. And obviously you need, you need to have it. Your documentation needs structure, but this is where we, traditional technical writing uh, lives and breathes in structural uh, requirements. Okay, and that's more of like a project management approach. If you start rather with the question, what is the documentation supposed to do or achieve um, and not what is it supposed to look like, then you're getting into functional. You're starting to think about the user. Okay, so um, a new feature that's developed might sit on one place in the UI, but it's really part of some bigger user flow. It might make more sense to put it in there. Okay, um, and you even want to start off with the questions, with the basic, you know, user building user personas and user stories for your documentation. Again, proactive, not just thinking we have X, Y, and Z featured a document. You want to be long-term thinking. So, okay, let's figure out the top five flows. I'm just making that number up. Top three, top four, or five flows that our users are currently doing. Or you talk to customer success, customer support, and say, what are the flows where users are turning to the most? And then you start to build up um, um, use a user experience or user journey, okay? And then you can start to put your docs, address your docs and position them to address the user journey and the user experience. And hopefully it will be 
able to replace some of the interactions they have with customer success so that you can free up the resources, their resources for other things. So I think we have a pretty good idea of the questions we're supposed to ask to get started. We discussed what role does the documentation play? Is it public? Is it private? Is it going to be pre-sales, post-sales? What kind of product do you have? So we need to start to think, how, can, how do we start to think about our documentation strategically and functionally as opposed to tactically and, and structurally? Okay, this is the best place where we can start to start to think about our documentation. If you now take the first part of what we've discussed and just stop for a second, don't turn it off, but, but pause, and now think about your doc set and think how these, uh, these questions, if you apply them to your own documentation, you're going to start to see document, your documentation in a brand new light. I think you really are. So take a minute to do that and then come back and we'll continue. Okay, in the meantime, I'll keep going. So... How do we actually implement it? Now that we have the questions, we, we know what's, what, what questions to ask. If our content is the product, then we're product managers. So what we need to do is start to think like product managers. We need to start to build user stories. We need to start building user personas. Not something basic like, um, okay, manager, uh, manager does this or the end user does that, an analyst does this. We really need to build it up. You need to get in the shoes of the user. Um, I work in cybersecurity. So when you think about a SOC analyst, right, a security operations center analyst, not just that they're, they're the, you know, they're different, there are different tiers. Usually, uh, you know, there's tier one, tier two, tier three with each, uh, each uh, level up handling more difficult cases where tier one is the, the front lines. You have to think about this. They tend to work long shifts, right? Very long shifts. Um, and there's high churn because it's a very, very stressful job dealing with alerts. There's alert fatigue that they go through. So you have to put yourself in their shoes. What are they experiencing? Um, how do they feel when they're trying to use your product? And then if they are forced to go to your documentation, what are they coming there to do? Okay, so it's not just saying, okay, an analyst, an analyst does X, Y, Z. Really get into their shoes. Think about who they are because you're going to be creating documentation for them. What is their level of knowledge? What have they been? What is their role in the product? What features or what aspects? What are their flows? Because the flows of someone, again, sorry I'm using cybersecurity, but this is what the, the world I know. What are the flows that a tier one analyst is going to be performing in your product as opposed to a tier three analyst or a SOC manager or a SOC engineer? Right? These are all different personas that are using the product in different ways. Okay, Maybe they're using the same uh, features, the same things, but define the flows, the several flows that, they, um, that, that they're going to be performing um, that you can address. So once you understand who your users are and you build personas for them, then you start to build out um, the uh, – <laughs> just a note about personas, uh, user personas – I think it's helpful to understand who they are. This is, I don't think we have to go as far as some uh, as documentarians and define, you know, they enjoy ice cream and walking dogs. And this. I don't think we have to go to, to that level. Sometimes I've seen. I think we really just need to understand the persona as in terms of in terms of work uh, and, and try to and try to understand them on a, I won't say emotional, but psychological level a little bit um, for when they're using your product. So if you can't have direct access to customers, so what's the next best thing? How do you build user personas? Well, you can obviously and should look at um, 
look at a uh, competitor documentation. Um, it's out there. Um, you know, even if it's not direct competitor, get inspiration from other places, see how they handle it. Um, another thing, obviously you should be in touch with customer success. You, if you have products that, uh, help you understand your user that are tracking metrics, you know, definitely use those, whatever piece of information you can get to build it up, um, the user persona and to understand them, you know, use it, use it, speak with actual PMs, be involved in the PM calls. When you start to think like a PM, you're going to want to be involved in the, um, in the aspects of, of the product like a PM as well, which I think you have every right to if you're handling it properly. Uh, if you show benefit and that docs is the product and that the product being delivered um, benefits users, then then I think you'll be, they'll, they'll help, you know, bring you in on some of those conversations. It might be more difficult at more established uh, enterprise places, but certainly at startups, which again, which I always discuss that this is the world I live in. Um, if you show interest and you show value, then you, you can be brought into those conversations. Um, another, so again, now we're, we're product managers. What else does, do product managers do for their, for their features that we can do for our documents and our content? The next one is to build out a roadmap. Okay. Think in terms of not just in terms of features. Let's, let's go above that strategically build out a six month roadmap, or if you're, you prefer a quarterly roadmap, whatever you think you can be able to do. Sometimes a quarterly roadmap can be limiting um, because usually we don't have the same amount of resources as development teams. So, you know, you might need more time than a quarter to do, to deliver some of these um, uh, bigger, bigger projects, you know, epics, right? We can get into, we'll get into what type of methodology you use to track it. But when you're building out a roadmap, Think about, you have to think long-term, what kind, what do I want my docs to look like? Um, is it going to include just documentation? Is it going to include videos? Is it going to, uh, whatever it's going to include, um, you need to think about it and build it out. What would I like my documentation to look like? It, it has, it's a living, breathing, uh, you know, feature on its own. And when you start to think about the documentation like this, we're not just doing tasks, document this feature. We're, we're, we're managing, we're, we're, we're sustaining and managing a product. So products have life cycles, products have bugs, products have, um, you know, features and plans. So you really have to think, where do I want my docs to be in six months from now? So let's, you know, just give a basic example. Look at the, let's say your product has integrations. Well, let's get, let's dig down. Which doc, which integrations do the, do your customers use the most? Let's get a list of the top 10. Make sure we're going to document those really, really well. Maybe add in some videos, get into the use cases and how is a use, how are our users actually using these integrations? Is it in conjunction with other ones? What is the greater, the bigger flow that they're using it part of? So you want to tell a story, um, uh, with that. Okay. You want to tell a story with whatever the main parts of the product being used. Now, if you're not if you're not dealing with a SaaS product, obviously this is going to change a bit. Um, and if you're dealing in, in hardware or something, then this, you know, probably is even even less a, of a possibility for you to to, to implement the docs as product docs as product strategy. But if assuming we're working with software, let's define what what our customers are using, which features they're using most, bundle them together into user flows, and explain our product that way. So I personally, on, on my team, we have, uh, we have a, a quarterly roadmap. I don't do a six-month roadmap. I do a quarterly roadmap. And uh, within that, you know, we do tr- traditional um, agile, uh, agile methodology for, for, for content creation. 
Um, now, this is not a requirement. You can choose whatever, whatever you want in order to track your work. Um, I think it's important, though, to keep – I find it the easiest to keep tasks um, on a two-week sprint. You could do one week. You could do more. Um, sometimes one week is a bit limiting, and anything more, things can kind of get lost. So I think it's important that whatever you do, you do it well. Okay, I mean, I know it sounds silly, but if you're going to do Agile, do it well. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to follow every single rule and take courses and, you know, read all the books. Um, but what you do have to do is implement it well. Um, and if you, so that, the, so that it's a set plan that, you're, that your team knows uh, what to expect. Okay, if you're going to be using Agile, make sure you're building out an epic the right way. Make sure you're building stories out the right way, tasks. Um, because if it gets, if, if it's a bit of a mess, if the architecture is a bit of a mess for managing it, then no one's going to get on board. No one's going to want to do it. This also gives people confidence, especially documentarians. We're not just we're not just spinning our wheels with keeping up with features. We're looking long term, and our input is is necessary. Um, you can move to projects that might interest you. Say in six months, I would like to you know take on the API documentation and fix it and do X Y Z. So that's you know that's a that's um that's an epic fix API documentation. So you break it down into stories first. You know. Um, Test every single API, see what's broken, see what works, see what's broken. You know, break it down into its individual parts and build a bunch of stories out. And then at the end of a at the end of a quarter, or six months, whatever your roadmap is, you're going to have uh, you know wonderful documentation that's built up little by little. It also shows you, especially with teams that are more than documentation, the interconnectivity of of content creation. So on my team, um, I'm very fortunate to uh, to have leadership that that believes in this and and backs me up. We have technical writers, uh, UX writers, and uh, and video editors, video content creators, and instructional designers. So there could be a single story in in a sprint where everyone has something to do, where literally everyone has something to do, um, and it's incredible. Um, so it, it it really I think helps teamwork as well when you when you lay out the plans and it's not just you know this person does this feature, this one does this feature, and you think holistically and strategically about your. Uh, about your, about your your content as as a product. So let's move on because look, the truth is it's not easy to implement, and there are some roadblocks. There are some roadblocks that would prohibit you from actually even implementing this. The first one and the major one is that Docs's product requires a top down implementation, meaning you cannot have individual writers or 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 video creators, uh, you know, start working in in sprints and treating their documentation as a product. It really has to be a top down approach. So. You know, whatever the structure is in your in your organization, whether it's a lead writer or a manager, senior manager, director, whatever it is, you have to get buy-in from them to to want to do this. Um, if you're a founder and you're listening, or you're an early stage startup in your leadership, um, think about this because this is a really good um, way to approach your documentation from the beginning, especially if you're just getting started out. Um, and if it, and if it is, then you can build this into your culture of Docs's product. If you have another roadblock is that if you're currently working with a different strategic model, don't know what it might be, um, but you'll have to get buy-in from leadership also because it would be, you know, it's like, it's like, um, it's like veering a ship, like a slow moving, like, like cruise liner, like, oh, it doesn't move very quickly. So if you're already doing things one way, 
this is a major, major undertaking to start to think about documentation in a different way and to have it, it changes the relationships with other teams and how things go. So you, if you're going to change from another strategic model, you ha- you're going to need buy-in from the leadership. So, um, you know, get your marketing boots on uh, and, 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 and prepare to do some, some slide decks to be able to uh, present to them why this would be um, a good one. The, the final roadblock that I will mention is that really uh, it requires a team. Okay, you cannot implement, in my opinion, a Docs' product strategy with one writer, with two writers, maybe even three writers. Maybe when you get to three, you can start to think about it um, because everything's just going to fall to one person. Um, you really need, it need, things need to be spread out. Now, some people might disagree with this. I personally think you need a sizable team to even think about getting started. Um, so in your mind, you can set up the infrastructure. You yourself can work, you know, in whatever you work in, whether it's, uh, you know, Jira or Monday or whatever you, in Notion, wherever you're, wherever you're managing your stuff, you can set up the infrastructure so that when you do have new team members, it will, they'll be walking into a Docs' product mindset. But it really, in order to implement it, um, you really need a sizable team. So I hope that gives you an idea of Docs' product. We went over the definition. Uh, we started, we, we asked a bunch of questions that will change your thinking about how you see your documentation and the role that it plays um, with your interaction with customers, with um, um, other members of your team, uh, of your organization. Uh, and then we talked a bit about how to actually implement it. Um, so, you know, you can always reach out and ask questions. If uh, if I didn't go in, in depth enough for on, on a topic or a certain or a certain part of it, definitely reach out and ask me questions. I'm happy to have a discussion uh, and and uh, we can figure this out together. Okay, so now it's time to review a LinkedIn post that I found funny um, and relevant. So this is um, it has a businessman with a tie, uh, a pants, you know, and uh, and he's wearing he's on stage and he's wearing a magician's hat and a cape, but he's clearly a businessman. And and he and he has his arms out like saying "tada!" And the caption is for my next trick: watch as I use a single email to turn the work of one person into a job for many. So I found this particularly interesting uh, and funny because how many times does this happen to you? Right, where where instead of just taking care of something, someone has emailed you, and it now turns into this you know like asynchronous communication between teams and time zones and this and that. And the chances are it probably could have just been handled by the person who sent it or maybe a small group on some sort of messaging like through DM. Um, So, you know, we want to make sure that we're being inclusive and including the people that need to be included on all of our decisions and stuff like that. But let's make sure that when we can take on the job for ourselves and and just have a little ownership over some things, um, that we don't need to bring everyone down down with us. (laughs) Okay. Um, So hopefully this doesn't happen to you, but I I found it um, amusing. Now it's time for the segment, Time to Retire. Uh, so, okay, this is a weird one. This one is not necessarily, the word we're retiring this week is not necessarily um, specific to high tech, uh, but I'm hearing it more and more and more, and it hasn't been around for quite a while. So I want to nip this one in the bud. I want to nip this one in the bud. And um, hopefully you're not, you're, not, you're not on the bandwagon of, of, of using it. We are retiring the word, hey, Anytime, I feel like anytime we're on a call now, anytime we're on a Zoom, someone starts and they want to talk, we say, hey, so we want to go and do this, this, and this. The word hey is coming up way too much. Why don't we just skip it and dig into what we want to say? Just start talking about what you want to say. You know, it's something you might, might I'm trying to think of a great example. Something, uh, you know, you can hear someone explaining 
uh, an interaction with the customer, you say, where we go to them and say, hey, we're thinking about doing this, this, and that. Like, I don't know. I, I, it really bothers me. If it doesn't bother you, I'm sorry, but it, it, it's starting to get to me because it's been new and it's catching on and hey is just all over the place. Um, so let's retire. So thank you for joining us in this episode of the Word Up podcast. Uh, all of the information for contacting us will be in the description. Definitely send us questions, comments, what you liked, what you didn't like. And if you have any questions, we'll uh, anonymously, or if you don't want to be anonymous, however you prefer, uh, we'll go over those questions in the next episode.